Oracle uh, in the last game for the Warriors, possibly. Hard Knocks has announced that the Raiders are going to be the show of record yep. for this coming football season. Yep. And what is the compelling storyline about that? Is that they're leaving Oakland, too, uh, to go to Las Vegas. So maybe the Hard Knocks coverage begins tonight in Oracle, and you have John Gruden uh, on Antonio sitting uh, courtside and uh, commiserating with Steve Kerr and Stephen Curry and those guys. And that's the, that's the start because I think they just wrapped up minicamp up in Oakland this week. So there's a lot going on in the Bay Area. All right, let's start with the blame game. That's what this is right now with Kevin Durant. Over the course of the last 48 hours, Charles Barkley blamed the entire organization. Steve Kerr put the blame on himself and the coaching staff. Bob Myers, the general manager of the team, says you can blame him. Wanda Durant, Kevin's mother, basically is blaming everyone but Kevin Durant, obviously. Everyone wants to blame somebody here. So, the question is this. It's not really about who's to blame. Because, honestly, at the end of the day, Kevin Durant could have very easily said, I just don't want to play. My major problem is this. When this injury occurred on May 8th, when, when, when Kevin Durant went down on May 8th, Steve Kerr was asked by the media that night about what the, ex, what the actual injury was. And Steve Kerr said this. I know it's been reported as a calf. There was concern uh, about it possibly being an Achilles at, at some point. That has 100% been ruled out, though. Yeah, yeah, it's not the Achilles. And uh... Really? Because it turns out it might have been the Achilles after all, at least according to Dr. David Chow. David Chow is a sur- it's an orthopedic surgeon in sports medicine here this week on Sirius XM Sports Channel to say, yeah, it was probably an Achilles injury after all. So the question is this. This is two or three, even threefold question to you, Chuck. Are we how how lack how much lack of integrity right now can we talk about here? If you're a gambler, you've been lied to. If you're a Golden State Warriors fan, you've been lied to. And if you're an NBA fan who wants to believe that everything is on the up and up here, again, you've been lied to by everybody. How do you, as a fan, process this storyline going forward? Well, I think it's like anybody else. You have uh, the responsibility and the overseeing of the injury by the medical staff, okay? The head coach, he is going to go with the recommendation of the medical team. However, when you're a player of that level, it's on you to say whether you feel you can go or not go. And, and, the, and you know, the, the pathway is explained, Stephen. We, we've heard about it. We saw him work out. We saw him come uh, to the arena, they close it off, we go through a workout. Steven, there's no way to replicate full speed in an NBA game. There's just no way. You, you can go out there and shoot around or you can run with your team, but unless you're playing a full 48 in playoff-level basketball, you're not going to know. So, again, uh, Kevin Durant's not some 15-year-old kid. You know, he's a, he's a man, right? Ask Mike Gundy. He's right, a man. Right. All right? So when your team has, a, has it on the line and you're a superstar, you have to make that decision whether or not you want to go. And if you get hurt, you get hurt. That's part of the deal. I mean, it's hard to say, but obviously if he didn't think he could go, 
NFL guys face this decision every week. And, you know, when I, when I think about seeing Kevin Durant in the hospital bed, which, you know, really, really tears at me because when you're a pro athlete, your body is your business. That's, that's who you are. I see Todd Gurley get up at the end of Rams minicamp after not putting on a uniform, and he says that everything is okay. I, and after watching him in, you know, over the season last year, and that's a huge investment that the Rams have in Todd Gurley. And if you can't get dressed and go out there and practice with your teammates, and everybody's saying it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, there does come that point in time, Stephen, when you got to go, okay, here you go, we're calling your number. You mentioned, and- you mentioned team doctors, and I can't help but think of where we were just a little more than a year ago when this same storyline was playing out in San Antonio as it related to, of course, Kawhi Leonard, who, ironically enough, is on the other side of this storyline with the Golden State Warriors playing the Toronto Raptors. Remember, it was team doctors who were saying, yeah, Kawhi Leonard's clear to play. Kawhi Leonard's clear to play. And Kawhi Leonard would get on the court, and he's like, no, I'm not clear to play. At some point in time, doesn't the question become about the role of the team doctor as opposed to the role of the individual athlete to consult his own physicians, to listen to his own doctors as opposed to team doctors? Because clearly there's a different level of diagnosis between a player being ready. If we believe the storyline about Steve Kerr putting him on the court and Kevin Dur- and, and, and Bob Myers saying put it on me and the, the team doctors being in question because we went through this a year ago and we didn't see Kawhi Leonard having to be carted off the court because he said to the San Antonio Spurs go to hell I'm not ready to play well I believe in basketball it's different than it is in the NFL uh, all you got to do is remember the movie Any Given Sunday and in regards to are you hurt? Are you injured, Stephen? There's, you know, there's. You've heard this multiple times, multiple times from NFL and NBA players. Uh, I remember there was a Dodger player who uh, did not like to play when he did not feel good, and that was Mike Marshall, the outfielder. Right. And Phil Nails Garner called him out one day for not be, for scratching in the lineup uh, because he's he didn't feel right. Well, a lot of people don't feel right, but you've got to it. And that's part of being a professional athlete. Now, uh, in North Dallas 40, you saw the scene where the guy, Delma uh, Huddle, who was known as uh, uh, a malingerer in Tom Landry's eyes. Well, Delma Huddle was Bob Hayes, the great sprinter. And it's expected back in the day that you took the shot and went out there. And uh, players sometimes don't like needles, and you you take that shot. Now, I don't know what they did. Did they shoot Kevin Durant up? We don't know that. We don't don't have that insight, Stephen. We don't know if his knee and his ankle and how much whatever was in there, uh, and then it went. Now, did he look surprised, Stephen? No. Wasn't wasn't that like you guys that – was pretty much, I mean, did he even look in pain? No, he basically, I mean, it was funny. It's funny you bring that up because my first reaction to when it happened was he just stopped dribbling. He just stopped moving, and he just went right to the ground. 
Like it wasn't right, even you a, didn't, like you, you didn't, didn't see, see that right. You didn't see that. Like, oh my god! Right. Oh. Like when you see a player get hurt yeah. in a baseball yeah. game, you see him get hurt. When you see a player right. break his leg or, right. or something significant, it's almost right. as if Kevin Durant was already walking around with this injury, even like leading up to when he came back onto the court in the second quarter before the injury happened. Yeah, and you know the best way I can describe an Achilles is if you have a rubber band. Boom, it just goes. You bro- oh, I broke the rubber band. Well, you, you just blew your Achilles out. But maybe the, uh, the situation was, Stephen, that they had shot it, and we don't know that. They're not talking about it. And he had so much painkiller in that area that it just snapped, and he didn't have a feeling. He just knew that it couldn't go. Because you look at his face. Now, either he's a real tough hombre, and he is like, you know, not going to show any kind of uh, pain. I showed a little emotion. There's no doubt about that. But I don't know if I blew my Achilles. I don't know if I would be that, you know, poker face, if you will. Drugging a Chuck Hayes here on First Sports. We appreciate his time very much. Game six coming up tonight of the NBA Finals. We wrapped up the NHL Stanley Cup Final last night. The St. Louis Blues winning their first ever championship in the NHL. Congratulations to them. Meantime, uh, we keep it in the NBA for a moment. We keep it in the world of Canada, actually. Uh, with Toronto just a game away now from winning the NBA championship. The nation of Canada is now a topic of conversation. And this is what I like to refer to during this time of the year. Chuck, when there's, you know, football's just around the corner, basketball's wrapping up, the NHL's wrapping up, nobody really, really cares all that much about the 95 other fringe sports that are going on right now, but when we have controversy, we want to play that up to the hilt, and we have controversy north of the border, Chuck, where in Toronto, they cheered when Kevin Durant got hurt, they got called out for that, and then you have this. If you were going to blow away a team, do it with humility. Okay, the U.S. women's national soccer team, in case you're not aware of this, Chuck, a lot of people might not still be, the United States women's national soccer team absolutely beat the living hell out of Thailand. I didn't know Thailand had a soccer team. I was unaware of the Taiwanese soccer program. Apparently everyone else there is as well because they got blessed by a final of 13 to nothing. And apparently, Chuck, if you're going to score 13 goals against a completely overmatched opponent, it's not okay to celebrate. They have been the U.S. women's national soccer team, namely Alex Morgan, who scored five goals in the game, who I'd never heard of until she scored five goals in the opening match of the World Cup the other day. Apparently, she's coming under a lot of scrutiny. The U.S. women's national team is getting torn apart right now by pundits of the sport who say it's not okay to cheer and celebrate a 13 to nothing victory. On the, other, on the other phone line, I've got Nick Saban, who is just getting ready for that big matchup coming against the Citadel at the end of the next college football season. What's your takeaway on this story, I guess you want to call it that, the controversy surrounding the 13-0 blowout of the celebration of the U.S. team? Well, the football guys, are, we're going to see if they're going to smile for me, Stephen, because I'm coming into that area, that dreaded area. Oh, you know, yeah, the drop-off, yeah, the, zone, the drop you know, zone. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. Okay, <laughs> let me sum it up this way. The United States and everybody right now is all in on women's soccer because it's one of those games that uh, everyone wants to remember, the game in the Rose Bowl and, you know, Brandy, uh, I think it was Brandy Chastain. Correct, Brandy? correct. Uh, all that great thrill back in 99, and that's like 20 years ago, right? So for them, 
for me, okay, for me, and I don't mean to say this to be disrespectful, don't get me wrong, but there's this equal pay situation. I'm just happy to player that you are able to get orange slices after the game and have fun, okay? The World Cup is about marketing, and it's about getting people to watch. And, you know, Fox is all in on this, right? This is all part of this. So if you can create a storyline, and every one of them is individuals, they're all stars now, right? Right. They're all five-star recruits, if you will, right? Right. Get to know your America World Cup women's soccer team, right? Right. Everybody knows their names now, right? Absolutely. All right. That's all part of it. And so, you know, when you beat somebody 13-0, you're just having fun. I mean, there's... You, you train, you train, you train. How you act. I mean, you know, they always say, hey, if you don't want to see me dancing in the end zone. Don't let him score a touchdown. Don't let me in the end zone, Dude, right? You don't, want Deion, you don't want Deion Sanders putting the ball down in midfield? Don't let Deion Sanders score a touchdown on you. Now, now you know what they say, uh, in the, the greatest line ever, when Woody Hayes was playing Michigan, and he went for two when they were up, I don't know, whatever number they were up. And the writer, the writer asked Woody Hayes and Coach Hayes, why did you go for two? He said, because I couldn't go for three. <laughs> All right? So, you know, and, and this, is, this is one of those things about soccer that I don't really truly understand, Stephen, is that there's a, I guess, a pool that you're in, right? And they count. How many goals you right. win by? There's a there's a point differential. There's a, a goal differential. And right now, who dreamed, the, who dreamed that up, Stephen? Well, it, it, they did that because they did that, I believe, because soccer games were traditionally lower scoring contests. Because how many times have we watched a soccer match, which I can literally count on probably one hand? How many times have you watched a soccer match and then been like? Dude, it was one nothing, or it was two to one. So they created this way to, to to break ties. It's the same thing we do in the NFL as it relates to division records. And then, like tiebreaker number six is you know most points scored, or you know points scored against certain opponents, or margin of victory thing. That's like tiebreaker number six in the NFL. But it's tiebreaker number one in soccer in in these group type setups right now. The U.S. has an eleven goal lead in that. In in that particular tiebreaker scenario over Sweden. So barring Sweden going out this weekend and absolutely just dropping bombs on Chile this weekend, or Thailand, I should say, this weekend, the U.S. is going to win that tiebreaker. They're going to win the group. I am so hoping when they reorganize and reshuffle the bracket for the U.S. Women's World Cup, for the Women's World Cup, that Canada somehow winds up in the U.S. bracket side, because I'm begging for that matchup to happen, because that that's going to be must-see television. A bunch of whiny, complaining people bitching and moaning about the U.S. women's soccer team while openly chanting and cheering as Kevin Durant gets hurt in an NBA game. Well, I can I can tell you this, Stephen. You have to be careful about the words "bombing Thailand," okay? Because if you go back to if you go back to Top Gun, if you go back to Top, if you go back to Top Gun. And Tom Scarrett's talking to Cruz. 
about Cruz's dad, it's because they were on an unauthorized bombing run over Thailand, and there was an issue. So just, just always be aware. Just be very sensitive to that, Stephen. Okay. I'm so. Be very. Thank you for so, thank you for alerting me to my Tom Cruise lack of movie knowledge. Thank you. Okay, but here's the thing. It's kind of interesting that you mentioned about these uh, winning by X amount. This past weekend in Formula One in Canada of all places, Stephen, it comes back full circle. Uh, Lewis Hamilton beat Sebastian Vettel, even though Vettel won the race, he was penalized, so he would have had to uh, uh, win the race by a certain amount of time. And since he didn't do that, Hamilton ended up being the winner. And then when they went to victory lane, what did Vettel do? Is he took the he took the, the the places like they have a parking spot where you park the number one, number two, number three cars to go on the podium. He took and switched it. It's one of the great pieces of video I've ever seen. After a race where he got penalized because he got off in the grass and came in and squeezed Lewis Hamilton up into the wall, the stewards penalized him. Right? That was that was the penalty. So Vettel's like, screw it. I you know I had to overcome something that was very much, uh, you know, an accident type thing, and I saved the car. Now you're penalizing me? Well, I'm going to show you what I think of that. So currently Ferrari is appealing in Canada, in Canada, Stephen, the win over uh, Lewis Hamilton. So it's all Canadian all the time. And, Stephen, we still haven't gotten to the major uh, topic of the day, the FCC and the Blues' uh, behavior when they were getting the Stanley Cup last night. Right, right. Seven F-bombs, I believe it was, during the... Uh... I mean, it was like tag team F-bombs. Hey, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't. Right, I did. I did because it was on broadcast television, okay? Right, it was a 930, and... it was a 930 at night, too. It was 11.30 on the East Coast. If you were sitting with little Jerome Bordstein... I don't know <laughs> because I didn't want to call him Hans. I don't. I don't know. He, and you were sitting there, and he's like, "Daddy, when they're lifting the cup, why are they saying that word?" Chances are, if little Jerome Bordstein, if one existed, chances are he's going to have heard that word during the course of the game anyway. Because I'd be because the only reason I'd be watching it is because I was either a St. Louis Blues or a Boston Bruins fan. The idea that we have to edit out celebrations or somehow temper celebrations or put seven celebrations on some sort of seven-second delay because we expect people to act the way that we would want them to behave if they were in our own home. I don't have a problem with the St. Louis Blues players lifting up the Stanley Cup and dropping a few F-bombs. In fact, I would have, I would have been more upset if they would have edited it out because it takes away from the moment. Yes, they won a championship. They're going to drop F-bombs. These are guys who are, these are guys who are skating around with no teeth half of them they're gonna drop an f-bomb or two if you don't want to watch it you don't have to watch it that's that's your prerogative i don't have a problem with i don't have a problem with that i think it's ridiculous to think that we're editing out celebrations because some child some hypothetical child might be offended by it well steven that's where we disagree to disagree and i think if you're going to do something put it on the seven second delay you live by those rules in broadcast i do it when i do my updates Right, but, I don't, but, I know, but I know I'm not going to curse. I don't know what they're going to do, and I don't want to take away. Oh, I'm not wanna... blaming the Blues. I'm blaming NBC because 
they've been there before. They ha- they're in meetings. They, they know about the emotion of hockey players. There's no doubt about it. And I think it, was, it put Doc Emmerich in a bad place last night for him to have to cover that off as he did so stylishly. And, uh, you know, it really jacked them up. I can imagine, and again, this is inside baseball, in the truck, <laughs> uh, they were, the, you know, they were flipping out because all of a sudden they go, did you hear that? And the sound guy's like, yeah, I got it. And they're like, no, we can't. And then another one and another one and another one and another one. And after a while you go, who's, uh, who's mining the, the fort there? Because so what would you okay, so is, as the guy in the truck then, are you just going bleep every seven seconds? Because I think that makes for crappy television. No, I, I think you go seven-second delay, and, right, you, you're and, you're able, and you just drop it. You don't, you don't have to bleep it. You just, it just The audio drops out. Right, I understand. I understand do. that, but doesn't? But I'm if I'm watching that, the audio's dropping out. I know why they're dropping the audio out, and it sounds like garbage if I'm watching it on television. It doesn't make for I'd compelling rather, television. I'd rather, I'd rather hear garbage than hear the F word on a Stanley Cup celebration. Okay, all right. I mean, I, 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 mean, I tuned in. I tuned. I tuned into that last night, saying like, "Oh, this is cool. I can't wait." And then the other part about this. Let me let me get let's get past the F bomb. What the heck was going on in regards to these guys having a chance to celebrate? That was like, they skated for like 10 feet. I saw and they the gave same thing, right, right, because I I'm remember. Like, right. I, I remember, just wanted, you know what it was because they were on the road in Boston. Right, I think that And they that didn't want to be the women. They did not want to be the women's soccer team. I didn't, yeah, because I saw that as well. Like, it, like I remember, I remember last year. I believe it was Pittsburgh when they won the cup. Like they skated all around the ice, but they were at home when they won it. Right, this was right. just like this was like twenty feet turnaround. Give it to the next guy. <laughs> Very tempered in that one. But to the point earlier. But like, but to the, the the last thing on this, and we'll let you go. And we appreciate your time very much. My my argument is this: I would I. I and I guess I just don't have an interest in catering to the whims of the politically correct or the, the oversensitive, you know, people who are watching a hockey game. I, I, I don't imagine that anybody, anybody, with the exception of Chuck Hayes, watching that game the other night, probably, and by probably, I mean like 99.99% statistical probability, didn't drop an F-bomb during a hockey game at some point in time. And oh, I'm not saying that's not the case. I'm saying I'm looking at it from a guy who worked in sports television and PR and knowing the ramifications of having to, you know, represent and have a statement and all those things. That's, you know, Steve, let me just put in one last thing. I'm the who doesn't want Curry's kids or little Chris Paul up on the podium right. playing with the microphone after a championship game because – it's a it's a workplace, Stephen. Okay, okay. Cool in a workplace, and, and that's all I'm going to say. Nice. I'm trying to be that. consistent so that when I come to you on a Thursday morning, I'm prepared, I'm professional, and uh, you don't have to worry about the uh, flip no, side I, of the no, audio. No, 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 I get that, and I and I and I'm kind of a and I'm and I'm on the opposite again side of the Steph Curry thing with the kid. I didn't have a problem with the kid being up there. Oh no, no, don't tell me that. Oh, I didn't. Please, I didn't. Come on. I didn't have a problem with that. The kid, oh. the, the kid being up there. I mean, look, you're, if he want, you know, look, 
I, I don't like the idea in the first place of media obligations. I don't. I don't like the idea that somehow these players are required to be there. I'm the guy who said, if you don't like the way Marshawn Lynch is answering your questions, stop asking him questions and go find someone else to talk to. Because the idea that somehow your entire story, your, your, entire, uh, your entire piece on the Seattle Seahawks back in the day relied solely on Marshawn Lynch, knowing full well that Marshawn Lynch doesn't want to talk to you, find another story. You're the lazy reporter who doesn't want it. Not you, but I mean, you're the. Don't be the lazy reporter who can't get around a story without having to comment for without having to have the comment from Marshawn Lynch. Okay, last thing, Stephen. Yeah. Did you know that? Did you know that Mr. Ed went to USC? <laughs> yes. You didn't know that. You knew that. Yes. Wow. Okay. Didn't I? Didn't I was not aware of that until this past week. Well, and uh, with all that's been going on in the world. That was just a positive thing that I uh, wanted to share with you. And, and, and uh, Mr. Ed and uh, Clay Helton are, are both on crutches right now, right? Oh, that, that is true. And, again, let me just say, they've been doing stuff with tug of war. I hope Clay was not in that because I think that's the worst <laughs> conditioning thing you can do is put your players in a tug of war contest at the end of the week to see who's superior working out for that, that element and creating a competitive thing. I, I just think that's horrendous, but... That's another date, another time. Congratulations to Joey Logano. They get a week off. They go to Sonoma in the road course. Appreciate the time very much. Chuck Hayes joining us here on First Sports. Chuck, we look forward to talking again next week. All right, Stephen. You have a great day now. Thank you, sir. That's Chuck Hayes joining us here. Quick timeout right now. We're a little bit behind.